Hello, this is Krista from Saltwater Studies and welcome to my podcast. I am excited that you have joined me today. So just to give you a little background on this podcast series that I'm doing, um, this series is based on the Florida's Marine Life class series that I offer through Saltwater Studies. And um, this is intended just to be an additional resource for my students um, who are auditory learners. I've created a curriculum workbook for them that highlights eight different marine animals that we commonly see in South Florida, and each lesson gives an overview of that animal. And so in order to help my students, again, who are auditory learners, I'm just going through the workbook and reading each of the lessons for them and creating each lesson uh, into a podcast episode. So that's what we're doing here today. Um, I'm going to be reading the lesson on sea slugs, which I love sea slugs. So this is going to be super fun. And I'm just going to go ahead and get started. So what are sea slugs? Sea slugs are a group of soft-bodied invertebrate animals. They are cousins to marine snails and are grouped in the same taxonomic class. Class Gastropoda. Unlike other marine snails, sea slugs have a significantly reduced shell, an internal shell, or they shed their external shells after their larval stage. There are about 3,000 different types of sea slugs, which include sea slugs, nudibranchs, and sea hares. These animals can be found throughout the world ocean from the tropics to the Arctic, but are most abundant in shallow tropical waters. Your vocabulary word for this portion of the lesson is invertebrate, an animal that does not have a backbone or spinal column. Fact. Sea slugs may live for less than a month or more than a year, depending on the species. With so many different species of sea slugs in the marine environment, it should be no surprise that these animals are highly variable. They can exhibit a variety of shapes, sizes, and color patterns. They range in size from 0.25 inches to an astonishing 1.5 feet long. Those found in tropical waters are particularly colorful and may display vibrant patterns along their bodies. Fact. The largest reported sea slug was a California black sea hare, Aplesia vaccaria. It was nearly two and a half feet long and weighed 35 pounds. Sea slugs crawl by gliding along on a muscular portion of their body called a foot. Waves of muscular contractions lift the foot and move it slightly forward, pulling the animal's body along with it. The sea slug's foot also helps it to grab onto rocks and other surfaces. Sea slugs are not just limited to the seafloor. They can also swim by using muscular contractions to flex their bodies. Fact. Sea slugs are highly flexible and can even fold their bodies in half. Classification of sea slugs. Sea slugs are classified in Kingdom Animalia, the animals, Phylum Mollusca, the mollusks, which are invertebrate animals, many with a calcareous shell, and then they are classified in class Gastropoda, the gastropods, which include snails and sea slugs. The interesting world of sea slugs. The more scientists study sea slugs, the more they realize that they are great at repurposing structures obtained from their prey. Whether it be a means of energy production or defense, sea slugs are masters of recycling, taking something from another organism and then using it as their own. A solar-powered sea slug. 
One of the masterful examples of repurposing can be seen in the emerald green sea slug. This sea slug is an herbivore munching on algae leaves in its native marshy habitat. Scientists have discovered that not only does the algae provide the sea slug with its color, but it also provides it with the ability to make its own food. The sea slug stores the chloroplast from the algae it eats in its tissues and then uses them to create energy via photosynthesis. In this way, the sea slug can survive in a manner that is like a plant, even though it is an animal. Scientists have noted that some emerald green sea slugs can live for as long as nine months without eating due to the nutrients they receive via photosynthesis. Fact. Emerald green sea slugs can grow up to two and a half inches. The nudibranchs. One type of sea slugs are the nudibranchs. The word nudibranch is a reference to many of them who have exposed gills. The word nudie means naked and the word brank means gills. Nudibranchs are known for their striking look at me color patterns and are generally smaller than other sea slugs like the sea hares. Their attention grabbing colors are derived from the prey that they eat. Not only do their flashy colors make them beautiful in appearance, but they also serve two different purposes. First, they help nudibranchs blend in with the vibrant colors of the coral reef environment. Second, they warn predators of the nudibranchs potentially toxic nature. Nudibranchs are omnivores, animals that feed on a wide variety of foods, including algae, sponges, corals, barnacles, and sometimes even other nudibranchs. They have weak, poorly developed eyes, so their prey is located mainly by using two highly sensitive tentacles on their heads called rhinophores. Once a suitable meal is found, nudibranchs consume it by using a tongue-like structure called a radula that is covered with rough teeth. There are many different species of nudibranchs that can be seen in South Florida. One example is the regal goddess nudibranch, which is a type of dorid nudibranch. Your vocabulary words for this part of the lesson are chloroplasts, organelles that produce energy from sunlight using photosynthesis, omnivores, organisms that eat both plants and animals, rhinophores, two highly sensitive sensory tentacles located on a nudibranch's head that help it to find prey. Radula, a tongue-like structure that includes a ribbon of teeth made of chitin. A nudibranch's unique defenses. While soft-bodied nudibranchs might appear to be vulnerable to predators, they should not be taken lightly as they have some impressive means of defending themselves. Their varying defensive mechanisms and anatomical differences have caused scientists to divide them into two separate groups, aeolid nudibranchs and dorid nudibranchs. Regardless of the defensive approach employed by the nudibranch, it is clear these animals are well-equipped to defend themselves against their attackers. Aeolid nudibranchs. Aeolid nudibranchs can be differentiated from other nudibranchs by some of the unique structures they have on their bodies. One of the most distinctive features are fleshy finger-like structures on their backs called serrata. Serrata can have multiple functions. In some species, the animal's gut can extend into the serrata, increasing the surface area available for digestion. For others, the serrata can store stinging cells that are used for defense. Serrata are also used in respiration, functioning like gills in fishes. 
Some Aeolid nudibranchs also have a paired set of oral tentacles which are located forward of the rhinophores and closer to the mouth. These tentacles act as feelers, allowing the nudibranch to feel the area in front of them. The claim to fame for these nudibranchs, however, is their ability to repurpose functionality stolen from their prey. Aeolid nudibranchs seem to prefer to feast on spicy foods such as corals, jellies, sea anemones, and hydrozoans. All these jelly-like animals have stinging cells called nematocysts that are used to immobilize prey and defend themselves. When feasting on the tentacles of jelly animals, Aeolid nudibranchs are protected from their stinging cells by a slime produced around the nudibranch's mouth that has chemicals to keep the stinging cells from discharging. The nudibranch consumes unfired or immature nematocysts that are not fully developed and transports them to their gut that extends into their serrata. These nematocysts are then stored and repurposed for the nudibranch's own defense. Your vocabulary words for this portion of the lesson are serrata, fleshy finger-like structures on the back of aeolid nudibranchs aid in respiration and defense. Oral tentacles, two tentacles forward of the rhinophores that act as feelers. Nematocysts, stinging cells found in the tentacles of animals such as sea anemones, corals, hydrozoans, and jellies. A local species of Aeolid nudibranch is the blue dragon sea slug. The blue dragon sea slug enjoys feeding on the tentacles of the Portuguese man-o'-war and can be seen washed ashore in South Florida during the months of February and March. The blue dragon sea slug displays reverse countershading where the ventral underside of its body displays a blue striped pattern while its dorsal backside is white. Blue dragon sea slugs float at the ocean surface on their backs, allowing the lighter side of their bodies to blend in with the sunlit water when viewed from underneath. As it floats, a blue dragon sea slug serrata extend from either side of its body looking like hands with fingers splayed. Dorid nudibranchs. Dorid nudibranchs are another group of nudibranchs that are easily distinguished by a fluffy cluster of appendages near the tail end of their bodies. These are their external gills that allow them to remove oxygen from the water column. Dorid nudibranchs also use a different means of defense. These animals can release toxic compounds from their skin that deter predators. Some Dorid nudibranchs create these toxic compounds themselves. Others obtain the chemicals from the sponges on which they feed. After consuming the toxin, they then repurpose it for their own use. In addition to the regal goddess nudibranch, another local species of dorid nudibranch that can be seen in South Florida is the Priya sea slug. They have been spotted in locations such as the seafloors around mangroves and seagrasses and can grow to about one and a half inches long. Your vocabulary words for this portion of the lesson are Dorsal, the back of an animal. External gills, fluffy plumes near the end of a dorid nudibranch's body used for respiration. Ventral, the underside of an animal. The sea hares. Another group of sea slugs are the sea hares. Unlike their flashy nudibranch cousins, most sea hares are designed to be inconspicuous. Their color patterns and fleshy appendages are excellent forms of camouflage and help them to blend in with their natural environments. Sea hares represent the largest of the sea slug species. 
Unlike their nudibranch cousins, sea hares are strictly herbivores, preferring a simple diet of seagrass and algae. This fact, along with their rabbit-like appearance, may have been the inspiration behind their name. Sea hares have two rhinophores at the top of their heads which are used to gather information, detect danger, and forage for food. These rolled tentacles are home to chemical sensors that act as both scent and taste receptors. Some sea hares also have a simple eye spot at the base of each rhinophore. While these eye spots are not capable of generating images, they do help the sea hare distinguish between light and shade. Closer to the mouth, the sea hares have a second pair of rolled tentacles called oral tentacles, which are also used as sensory structures to help the animal find its next meal. Sea hares also have a pair of wing-like structures called parapodia that they often fold up along the sides of their bodies. In addition to using a muscular foot to move along the seafloor, some sea hares can swim by flapping their parapodia. Your vocabulary words for this part of the lesson are parapodia, wing-like structures in sea hares, can be used for swimming, and siphon, an opening in the dorsal side of the sea hare. Fact, many species of sea hares have a reduced internal shell. Unlike nudibranchs, sea hares have internal gills. They have two openings along the dorsal side of their bodies called siphons. The forward siphon opens to allow water into the sea hare's body where it passes over the animal's gills before being released from the second siphon at the back of the sea hare's body. However harmless to sea hares may seem, they are not without their defenses. One of the ways sea hares evade predators is through excellent camouflage. Many have mottled coloration patterns or even fleshy appendages that aid in their disguise. If a sea hare is disturbed, however, they have a second means of defense, the release of a bright purple ink that helps to deter their predators. Scientists have observed several interesting predator reactions to the sea hare's ink. Some predators, such as the spiny lobster, find the ink irresistible and more appetizing than the sea hare. While the lobster is distracted by the ink, the sea hare has a chance to make a getaway. Other potential predators, such as fish and crustaceans, find the ink to be distasteful, and it becomes a powerful repellent for these animals. It is also possible that the ink may disrupt the senses of some predators by negatively affecting their sense of smell. Scientists have observed some lobsters upon interacting with a sea hare's ink, vigorously rubbing their antennules, indicating the ink may block their sense of smell. In South Florida, there are three different species of sea hare that are commonly spotted in the area. The spotted sea hare, the hairy sea hare, and the Atlantic black sea hare. The spotted sea hare is commonly seen on the west coast of Florida, often washing ashore during rough weather in the winter months. Likewise, the Atlantic black sea hare can also be seen washing ashore along the east coast during the same time of the year. The hairy sea hare can be spotted moving along the seafloor in mangrove forests anywhere from December to March. It is thought that they congregate in these inshore areas for breeding purposes. Test your knowledge. How much did you learn about sea slugs from today's lesson? Test your knowledge with these questions. One, how many different types of sea slugs have been identified by scientists? Two, what type of an animal is a sea slug? Three, how do sea slugs move? Four, 
How are emerald green sea slugs able to produce energy via photosynthesis? Five, what do nudibranchs eat? Six, how do nudibranchs find their prey? Seven, what are two different ways that nudibranchs defend themselves? Eight, which group of sea slugs are the largest in size? Nine, what do sea hares eat? 10. How do sea hares protect themselves from predators? Devotional. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Romans 1.20. There are over 900 different names and titles of God in the Bible. Each one describes a different aspect of his character that he would like for us to know about him. To help us better understand what he is like, God provided his creation to offer us physical examples of the spiritual lessons and concepts we read about in the Bible. The Bible tells us God's story and creation offers us the pictures to accompany it. Every single name and title of God in the Bible is illustrated in the natural environment. Sea slugs are generally small, soft-bodied, slow-moving creatures. Not even afforded the hard external shell common to other gastropods, they appear particularly vulnerable to a wide variety of predators. However, in these animals, we can see that God does not leave any part of his creation defenseless. To help sea slugs survive in what could be a hostile marine environment, God gave each animal unique and interesting ways to protect themselves from predators. Whether it be toxic chemicals, stinging cells, or repulsive ink, these animals have specially designed features to protect them in their vulnerability. And in this truth, we can see God's character as our protector. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. To know that God is our protector is to know that he keeps us safe. He protects his children because he loves us. As Jesus Christ shares in Matthew 6:26, God is concerned deeply for his creation and is intimately involved in its care. God is not an unfeeling engineer that began our world as a part of a massive science experiment. He is a concerned father that uses creation to demonstrate his love for everything that he made. There will be times in our lives, however, where it will be hard to believe that God is our protector. We may find ourselves wondering, if God is our protector, why do bad things happen to his children? It is in these moments that we must trust God's promises regardless of our circumstances. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Even when we do not understand what God is doing, we must remember that God is truth and cannot lie. So when he tells us that he is our protector and that he works all things together for our good, we must believe him because he is telling the truth. We can cling to statements such as those written in Psalm 36, 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. 
According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the word loving kindness means tender and benevolent affection. God has a tender attitude towards his children, and as a result, we can trust in his loving care. He will always be with us. Apply it. Has there ever been a time when you doubted God's love for you? Why or why not? Take some time to memorize Psalm 36, 7. The next time you think about God's love, repeat the verse to yourself so that you will remember to trust in God in all circumstances. Dear God, thank you for how you love me. Thank you for protecting me and working all things together for my good. Please help me to believe the truth of the Bible instead of my feelings. Please help me to trust in you at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me for today's lesson. I hope that this was a blessing to you. And until next time, I hope you have an awesome day.